Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Be Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Choi, and I'll probably be the only host for a while. I don't know why I started with that, but anyways, uh, I'm already pretty far deep into it. Uh, today's episode is going to be about how to master small talk, and small talk has always been one of those things that people hated. You never hear anyone go, oh, small talk, I love it. No, you always hear small talk, oh, I hate small talk, oh, I don't know what to say. Um, You know, I don't think you have to like it to be a master at it. Um, obviously, not liking small talk is going to be difficult to master, but if you're able to master it, that doesn't mean you have to like it, and you can be able to like it, sure, if you master it, and if you like to, I don't know, uh, master a certain topic or master a certain you know, sport or hobby, then you may eventually like it. Sure, that's a possibility. But no matter what, if you master it, you can avoid hating it. Um, and the first method that I kind of want to talk about and mention first is called the yes and theory. Yes, you heard me right. Yes and. So that's literally the method and before i go into the yes and method um I'll, you know like i said before small talk is difficult because we can go by you know henry higgins and my fair lady stick to the weather and your health but you know times like this it's kind of hard to stick to the weather and your health because you know climate change and anti-vaxxing is just difficult to mention without some sort of discomfort or tension, right? So politics, religion has always been a bad formula, uh, never works well in small talk, and nowadays even weather and health. So now the pressure is against us. Everything seems to be against us. Politics, religion, weather, health. If none of those works, what does? And there's always a way. There's always a possibility of you know, freaking something out and... In this sort of criteria, in this sort of thing, what can we say or what can we do or how can we do to master or perfect small talk without using politics, religion, weather, or health? And it goes back to what I mentioned before, the yes and method. Like I like to use an elevator scenario um, as a great example because, you know, as we get older, you know, we we meet people that vary in different age. We meet people who are a lot older than us. We meet people who are a bit younger than us and also trying to figure themselves out in the world. And there are those people in our age that, you know, are moving, you know. And I'm a 22-year-old and, you know, I see my friends getting married and getting corporate jobs or pursuing entrepreneurship. And that's kind of like my age group. And I also meet people who are in their 40s and 50s, you know, thriving, being like CEOs, CFOs of, you know, the company that they're working with. And then I'm also friends with people who are getting into college and figuring themselves out. And I feel like an elevator is a great scenario because you don't know who you're going to run into. You could run into a freshman in college or you could run into a 65-year-old retired successful um, businesswoman or businessman. 
and a lot of times you know you could probably start the conversation where they start start the conversation like oh the weather is so nice today and you know if you ask that person um, the right question you may start an actual conversation but a lot of times when the person says the weather is so nice today and you just respond yes it's warm out the conversation usually just ends there and there's kind of no comfortable pivot to go off of um we can use the same phrase like the weather is so nice today you could respond by saying yes and what would you be doing outside if you weren't here in this elevator with me right now and this is pretty cool and important because it opens up multiple avenues and opportunities because yes you do um acknowledge the fact that this person said it's warm out today and you're agreeing um people like when other people agree with them and you're adding that with the end what would you do or what would you be doing outside if you weren't here today and this kind of makes them open up um genuine conversations come from genuine unscripted answers um, a lot of people kind of already have a answer in mind. How are you? I'm good. How's school? Oh, it's great. I'm almost doing my midterms. Oh, how are your parents? How's the family? Oh, they're doing fine. They're great. You see how unenthusiastic that sounds? Everyone has a wired and triggered response to certain questions. And a lot of people aren't used to the yes and method. So if you ask that yes, and what would you be doing outside if you weren't here today? there's no there's no answer box to that there's no there's nothing that you know that they're prepared for so they'll think they'll probably say um a lot and that's when they open up usually when people move their eyes around or they look up they're thinking about something and that's usually a good sign because you're making them think and whenever people open up to you they they tend to draw a little closer to you than you know if you then compared to you asking them a typical normal question and this leads to uh, being a better conversationalist because if you have them open up uh, you listen and I still stand by this the best conversationalists are the best listeners because an average person can talk roughly about 225 words per minute and I personally feel like I speak a little quicker than that um, but on average, a person can talk up to 225 words per minute. But the reason why you're listening to this podcast and keeping up with me is because that average person can listen up to 500 words per minute, almost double the amount as if you were talking. And the reason why I mentioned this before is, I mentioned this now, I meant, is because listeners are the best conversationalist and it's important to be a good listener because you're going to meet roughly about three different types of people um, especially when you speak to them for the first time and these are the three one you're gonna meet the pick me person two you're going to meet the anti-social person and three you're going to meet I like to call them the mild ones so let's talk about the pick me person <clears throat> so the pick me person likes to talk about themselves a lot they always seem to one up you uh, they have very 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 high confidence and a lot of times they'll respond to whatever you're saying 
by making it about themselves. And don't get me wrong, the pick me person is not a bad person. Um, there's a lot of bad stereotypes about them, but some some of which may be true. But um, I always get the benefit of doubt. Um, confidence is very good, and I admire that. But the pick me person, how they are able to conversate with you is by fueling their confidence, uh, repeating back what they mentioned. Um, you know, I work with this person who has very high confidence in herself. Uh, she's a bit of an older woman. She has probably seen a lot. She's probably experienced a lot. And every time I talk to her, she always talks about a story of how she became who she is today. Like, for example, I said, you know, oh, hey, like, you know, how long have you and your husband been married? And then she'll say, oh, roughly about, you know, 25 years, 25 long years. I mean, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know how we did it, but, you know, yeah, he's a lucky guy. I'll tell you what, like, I put up so much with him, but, you know, I guess, you know, I I always give in to things like that, you know, like, like, oh, I, I don't know what he would do without me. Now, let's break down what just happened. So she answers the question. That's what a typical person would probably respond. Oh, 25 years. But she continued on by saying there were long years, but it was worth it for the other person because they are lucky to have her. Um, obviously... Some, a lot of people would automatically think that this is a bad mindset to have. Or like, the husband's lucky just because they're with me. Obviously, if it's 25 years, there's definitely some strong connection going on between the two. But the pick-me person will talk about themselves a lot. Um, they, she didn't really one-up me, but she had a lot of high confidence in herself because she said that the guy was lucky. Um, and let me give you an example of the pick-me person. So I was talking to the same person about, you know, how, about my finances, you know, how, what I want to be when, you know, by the time I'm 25 or, um, you know, how much I'm making off of the, you know, this, this shift, this particular shift while I'm serving. And she'll be like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, that's, that's not a bad idea. I mean, like the most I've made here is... Oh man, it's been so long ago. I mean, I think I made about like four hundred dollars in one night, but I don't know. That was so long ago. But, uh, but yeah, you'll you'll get there. You'll get there. Literally, there was no like I don't want to say there was no connection, but there was no connection. Like she didn't encourage me by saying like, oh, I understand. Yeah, like, oh, you made this much amount tonight. Oh, that's not bad. She went off by saying how much she's made, the most that she's ever made. And will that information help me? No, no, that information will not help me at all. But, you know, the pick me person, which is her, she one-upped me. Uh, she responded to my story with their very own version of the story. Still very high confidence and she still talked about herself a lot. And don't get me wrong, the pick me person, like I said before, is not a bad person. Uh, she and I are still friends, you know, like we have we always have great conversations together. Um, but the reason why we have great conversations together is because I fuel that confidence. 
you know, when she said, oh, 25 long years, you know, he's really lucky to have me. I said, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, you're a really bubbly person, uh, bubbly person, uh, you know, you you have a good sense of humor. I mean, you're a bartender, so, like, you know, people probably open up to you. Like, this opens up more about opening up herself, expressing herself, uh, you know, uh, talk, uh, speaking highly about herself. And the pick-me person loves that. They love that. Uh, on the contrary, the antisocial, you can't really use those um, fueling their confidence methods or repeating back what they mentioned uh, type of methods because they will actually respond with one-word responses. They rarely make eye contact, and the term I don't know is probably their favorite word of all time. Um, and these aren't weird people. They're not bad people for sure. Um, but they have to be approached a little differently. Um, the last thing you ever, ever, ever want to say to an antisocial person is, oh, you're a shy one, aren't you? I mean, they, they already know that. You know, like, they, the reason why they're antisocial is, there's always a reason why they're antisocial. They, I, it's either that, you know, they've always been antisocial. Oh, I've always been antisocial, blah, blah, blah. Or... I'm just shy, or they don't have you know the experience to approach someone like you or someone else, and all of them are fine. But the last thing you want to do, like I said before, is to mention that they are shy because they already know that you know they're the reason why they don't talk to people is probably because of people like you saying that they're shy. Because, for example, shy people they've always been judged. They've they're always, you know, you know, people always make assumptions about these shy people. The last thing they want is for a person to say it in their face. If you do say that to a shy person, they're ultimately not going to talk to you and they're not going to engage with you in conversation and you're just going to constantly believe that they're shy and then all of a sudden there's like tension and the universe will pretty much never allow you to to ever have a conversation, a normal one at least. So, to approach an antisocial person, don't mention that they are shy. Always be respectful. And someday, they'll eventually open up. Um, shy people are kind of like cats. When you first approach a cat, they're not going to like you. The cat is going to hiss at you, it's going to scurry away from you, it's not going to like you. But once you start giving the cat food giving it occasional, you know, rubs, they'll, then, then they'll start to purr, then they'll start to sleep next to you, then they'll start to engage with you. Um, the reason why I mentioned the cat is because my cat is currently rubbing on my leg. Um, so I just thought the timing was perfect. But anyway, um, you can back away now, little one. Thank you very much. <laughs> um... You can also ask deep questions, and this could be a hit or miss because sometimes, if you, obviously, you don't want to start with a deep question to an antisocial person because they'll automatically be like, Why the heck is this person asking me deep questions all of a sudden? And yes, of course, but deep as in like open ended. Don't give them an, a question that is gonna automatically gear towards a one word answer. How old are you? Like, Come on, like that they're gonna give a one word response 
because they're wired to say something like that. If you ask something like, you know, how old were you when you got your first job? I mean, obviously they might they might give a one word answer, but then you can op- you can follow up by saying what was that job? You know, and uh, how did it lead you here? You know, to you know what their current job is or what their position is. You know, there's there's, there's an endless amount of ways and. Um, maybe I shouldn't say ask deep questions, but ask open-ended questions. Um, the difference between the pick-me person and the antisocial person in regards to feeling their confidence and asking deep questions is feeling their confidence, you you don't need to know more about them, but you're just kind of highlighting what they already mentioned, and you're allowing them to explain more of it. That's feeling their confidence. While asking deep questions is you have no idea what this person is or or you want to know more about this person, asking open-ended questions will have them open up and trust you. Like I said before, they're like cats. Like You have to be around them a lot for them to get comfortable around you. You have to you know, be in their space respectfully, and then they'll slowly merge into yours, and they'll eventually open up. Like Antisocial people are like cats. Um, that's literally the... The only analogy that I can think of at the moment, but hopefully that makes sense. Um, and then lastly, there is the mod one, and this is this person is kind of like in a tug of war uh, battle with you, right? So this tug of war that I mentioned before is going to be questions versus answers. It's going to be more of a balanced type of thing. So there's always a template for small talk. You ask a question, they answer. Then they uh, ask a question, then you answer. So on and so forth. And after a couple of conversations, you'll understand if they enjoy your company or not. And let me explain. A lot of times, probably like, this is not a real statistic, but I want to say 80% of the time when you talk to those mild conversationalists, the first couple are always going to be respectful. The first couple are always going to be standard. Uh, how old are you? What's your name? What school did you go to? What school do you go to? How long have you been working here? Or where do you work? What do you do for a living? Uh, what township do you live? When did you move in? Blah blah blah. You've heard, you've all heard this before. Those are the first couple. If you continue to find yourself conversing, conversating or conversing, I'm not sure. Let me know what the actual word is. Once you find yourself always finding conversation with this person, I want to say after like the fifth one, you'll understand whether they appreciate and like your company or not. If you guys stop talking after the fifth one then and they're not making effort to talk to you or you're not you're not wanting to make effort to talking to them, then they're probably not going to want to talk to you and they're probably not going to want to get to know you. And to be honest, that's not the end of the world. But it's the understanding and uh, not overdoing it is the important part of it you know 
Ultimately, whenever you talk to people, you have to ask yourself this question. What is their reason to talking to me? Is there something that they want to hear? Or do they need or want to hear something? You know, it's funny because whenever I talk to people, like I'm a server, so I talk to at least hundreds of people a day, um, if not thousands of people a week probably because I'm a server and I also talk to people on social media a lot. Um, you know, whether it's personal, financial, uh, food-related, uh, marketing, I, I talk to a lot of people on the daily. And I always ask myself these questions. You know, whenever I'm serving, what is the reason to talk to me? Obviously, I'm serving them. But is there something that they want to hear? Well, they're here for a reason, so they're hungry. So they probably want to hear our specialties, how, how good they are, my recommendations. Uh, do they need or want to hear something? Maybe some margaritas, some drinks. I mean, the place that I work at, you know, has 75 different variations of rum. Maybe they want to hear about that. Um... You know, it's just those types of questions because if you ask yourself those questions and you go through the steps quickly within a millisecond, you save yourself a lot of time and you have a better chance of becoming a very likable person. Like whenever I talk to business owners, what is their reason to talk to me uh, to help grow their business, um, to get resources, to uh, improve their staffing, uh, hiring and training processes? Is it something that they want to hear? Maybe our promotionals, deals, offers, uh, resources. Do they do they need to hear something? Yes. Maybe they need a reality check. Maybe they need exposure on their faults and their obstacles and you know things that are holding them back. Ultimately, if you ask yourself these questions, you save a lot of time. Like I said before, you you provide value to yourself and your ability to speak. And people are then going to uh, gravitate towards you. And small talk is going to eventually lead to, I guess, big talk. Big talk is that is that even a thing? I think big talk means something else. Small talk will eventually lead to genuine, authentic, uh, lasting conversations, and that's the goal. If if that is your goal, if not, then you know probably the first ten minutes was probably important to you. But anyway, no conversation is ever perfect and lastly i want to talk about the staircase phenom and you know those staircases in buildings where it kind of loops around every like like uh criminal or crime chasing scene has this staircase effect like no 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 every like spy movie i kid you not every spy movie has this scene where the protagonist or even the antagonist is running away from something. And they're climbing up that looping staircase. And the antagonist or the protagonist will look down. And the people that are chasing them will look up. They'll make eye contact. And the scene will just accelerate even like quicker. And do, do you know what scene I'm talking about? You can probably look up any like James Bond film or Mission Impossible. Or... I don't know, like any Disney movie like scene with that. And there's always a staircase um, scene. Um, the situation that they're in has nothing to do with what I was going to say, but just that physical structure, the design of the staircase is what I want you to picture. 
So it's called a staircase phenom because you ever have those moments where you have an argument or you have a funny conversation and then time goes by, you're you're in the middle of taking a shower and you go, oh, I should have said this. Or you're laying in bed and you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I could have mentioned that. Or I wish I said this joke earlier, it would have been so much funnier. That's a good thing because that means you have an instinct. You have a comedic instinct of, oh, I should have said that joke earlier. Or you have a conversational instinct where, oh, I should have mentioned this point. My point would have been so much more powerful. Or people would have listened to me more if I mentioned this earlier or at the moment. And if you constantly practice and think that, then that those two hours that went by will become one. That one hour would then become 30 minutes. Those 30 minutes will become 15 minutes. And those 15 minutes become 2 minutes. And then eventually it'll be on the spot. That's called the staircase phenom. Because you're eventually going to get to the top. After constant loops back and forth. Um, but yeah, small talk is not an overnight success story. Uh, it takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of... Um, there's a lot of thinking. It takes a lot of meditation, maybe. Uh, you kind of have to, uh, you know, burn. Burn? What's the word I'm looking for? I forget what it's called. But you kind of have to ask yourself these questions that I mentioned before. And you kind of have to understand the, the theory of the three different types of people by heart. Because in the spot... At the moment, when you're in the spotlight, it's just you and them. And you have to ask yourself, am I going to fumble? Am I going to crumble? Or am I going to succeed? So that is it, everyone. Thank you guys so much for coming into my podcast and listening to how to become a master of small talk it's your host eric Choi, and thank you guys again for listening to this if you made it up to this point please let me know what you think uh, like i said before i am not a guru or a professional therapist but what i can tell you is that i'm also human i'm young i'm an adult i experienced a lot of things i'm currently going through a lot of things i'm a student of life just like you um, and always be open, be kind, be you, and be creative. See you guys in the next episode. Peace.